The Centers for Disease Control and Prevention estimates that the total economic burden of prescription opioid misuse alone in the United States is $78.5 billion per year. This includes the costs of healthcare, lost productivity, addiction treatment, and criminal justice involvement. It's a big number and translates to very real and equally sad outcomes. Data from 2018 shows that there are 128 fatal overdoses in the U.S. every day, and it's a problem that's getting worse in many communities. Throughout the coronavirus pandemic, experts in addiction treatment say there is a looming wave of addiction data brought on by the coronavirus pandemic shutdown, loss of jobs, and months of being locked down. I'm Josh Durso for FingerLakes1.com, and today we debrief the topic of addiction, speaking with Monica Salvage. She's led an effort in Cuyahoga County to better understand what opioid addiction looks like and the real-world implications of it. That effort includes a study to find the best ways for community to engage the topic and affect meaningful change in the process. Let's start with an overview uh, of what the Healing Communities Study is. So what is that and how does it work and how long has it been going? Sure. So the Healing Community Study is a research study that is happening in four states with the goal to reduce opioid overdose deaths. So it's in New York, Massachusetts, Kentucky, and Ohio. Overall, it's 67 communities that participate in that study. And for New York, Hila County is one of 16 communities that has been selected to participate in this study. And our research partner for New York is Columbia University, New York City. Um, The study is funded by the National Institute on Drug Abuse, and eight of the communities in New York State have started their work earlier in the year. So we started about um, January of 2020. It's a four-year study um, and with the goal to reduce opioid overdose deaths and with a focus on local um, control and local implementation of evidence-based practices that um, we think work in our community. So for the local work that is being done, we have a steering committee of about 20 plus people. And those individuals come from all different fields and areas, anybody really who could have, uh, could interface with somebody who has an opioid use disorder. So it could be somebody who actually has lived experience or a family member who has uh, lost somebody or who knows somebody who's been struggling, somebody who's actually in recovery themselves. Um, healthcare providers, substance use treatment providers, law enforcement, elected officials, people from education sector. So a wide variety of expertise, really with the intent to get all those different areas and aspects of the community to work together, because it's really um, a problem that crosses barriers and that can really affect anybody. Um, And then the local steering committee that is making the funding decision is supported by the local implementation team. And that would be the project director, myself. Um, Then we also have a technical assistance coordinator who works very closely with our partner agencies on the implementation of interventions. And then we have an epidemiologist who is also our um, data analyst on staff, which is really helpful because we're really trying to get local data, real-time data uh, in a harmonious um, format so we can uh, really make data-driven decisions around this and not just based on notions and, um, you know, 
things that we've heard. So, so that's basically the the study in a nutshell. Um, and why we've been, why Cayuga County has been selected, you know, is sort of a um, uh, you know a little ambiguous, but it's we've been selected along with the other communities we, because we had a higher uh, than average rate of overdose deaths in previous years. So obviously, you know, this is not a good thing, you know, that we were, you know, selected based on those negative outcomes. On the other hand, it allows us to bring all those resources and funding and and um, research resources into this community to really tackle this issue um, on a comprehensive level. Give us an overview of what the problem does look like in Cayuga County and, and what some of the, the bigger concerns are for you guys as you as you look at uh, opioid overdoses and and addiction in general uh, as a as an issue that you want to see change in. Mm-hmm. So due to the prevention efforts and peer service efforts that have happened over the last few years, last year we able we actually saw a significant reduction in opioid overdose deaths. So in 2019 we were down to nine, which is still nine lives too many to be lost, um, but it was a significant reduction. Then we started our work in you know January 2020, and then in March COVID hit, and everybody was struggling to figure out what that means. Our partner agencies they all had to revamp their procedures and protocols um, based on the new reality. Um, and thankfully for, you know, because of all the, you know, data work that we've been doing previously, we were able to realize pretty quickly that COVID, you know, has a special effect on people in recovery and people with opioid use disorder because we've seen a spike in overdoses fairly quickly. And so we were able to react to that. But just to put that into perspective, so between January and August, we've seen 18 fatal overdoses um, compared to nine for the whole year of 2019. And what we know so far from the toxicology reports that we have, all those overdoses um, were related to opioids, the fatal ones, sorry, the the 18 fatal ones. Um, And then overall this year, we've had 140 44 overdoses, that's an overdose every other day in this county. Um, They're not all related to opioids, but it's usually a mixture of things. And last year, we had about 179 all together. So when we saw that trend, you know, going upwards, we were obviously really concerned. And so we realized pretty quickly that all the realities of COVID-19 with um, social isolation, people can't um, have access to their regular support system anymore. Um, People use alone. Um, you know, stresses, you know, people may have lost their jobs. Um, People are just home alone more. And that just really exacerbated the problem, not just for any regular person who's going through this, but especially for people who are vulnerable and people who are struggling with, um, with addiction. So the whole pandemic has um, really put the whole mental health and, and, and addiction issue more in the forefront for us anyway. And that's what we're trying to, you know, show the public now to, yes, we're still in a pandemic and we're still in a public health crisis, but the opioid crisis hasn't gone away. And if anything, you know, this whole situation that we find ourselves in now makes it worse. And, and we still got to focus on this and we still need to we still need to work on that. And then the other thing, you know, that's that's a big concern is is the stigma around addiction, the stigma around 
um, being in recovery where, you know, it's still very prevalent, the thought that it's, you know, it's the people's fault, you know, if they develop an opioid use disorder, you know, which in turn keeps them in the shadows, prevents them from seeking help and just increases the chances that they're um, overdosing and and dying. And to that end, I want to read a a couple sentences from the op-ed that you published earlier this month. Um, Mm -hmm. You wrote that anything short of total abstinence is viewed as wrong and relapse is seen is failure. We fail to recognize that everyone's path to recovery is different and that recovery in reality is a lifelong process. Um, obviously, stigma, that speaks to part of the stigma uh, associated with, with any sort of addiction and recovery. Um, but talk to us a little bit about that and, and what that process looks like and how that fits into the stigma. It isn't just the actual use, but even the recovery process uh, is stigmatized in, in a lot of ways, right? Yes, So the belief is or common belief is among people that, you know, people can just stop if they want, right? Just stop using and, you know, and you'll be good. If you want it badly enough, you can just stop and, um, um, you know, go back to go back to your regular life. Um, That may work for some, you know, I mean, some people really, they stop cold turkey and they, um, you know, they struggle through and and they actually um, come out on the other side. But for many people, it just takes way more than willpower to overcome opioid use disorder, because at a certain point, it really doesn't have everything to do with willpower, but more like with um, a physical disease. And it is a disease that people should be able to get treatment for. And we also got to recognize that the treatment may look different for everyone. So we got to open up the access to different avenues, how people can find their path to recovery. And, um, you know, there are medications that can help reduce cravings and withdrawals to get people started and to help them in their recovery, um, which have been shown to reduce the chances of relapse and death. Um, and just, you know, withholding medication or withholding any type of avenue that can help people recover um, is just not right because you wouldn't do it for other diseases. So if, if you have heart disease or if you have, you know, diabetes or asthma or whatever, you don't just tell people, you know, just eat better and exercise more and you'll be good. You know, you would never say, oh, no, you can't have that medication to manage your illness um, because a little bit, it's maybe your fault that you have that illness, right? And so... uh, so medications are a part to manage the illness. It's not the whole recovery. It's not everything. But we need people to be alive, to be able to recover. And if people relapse and overdose and die, then we can't help them anymore. And so a lot of medications that people take have side effects. A lot of medications that people take to manage their illnesses, they take for the rest of their lives. That's not a good thing for anybody, um, but it helps them to function, to have a life, to go to work, to have a family. Um, And without the medication, either they would be very badly off or they would not be able to function or they may even die. And so for opioid use disorder or really any other substance use disorder, you know, the expectation is, you know, you're only in recovery when you don't drink anymore, when you don't use anymore. Um, There is no room for relapse. There is no room for anything else. It's either or. And and that's very detrimental to, you 
you know, to the psyche of, of people who are trying very hard to recover. And, it, and it's also very detrimental for us as a society because we really push people uh, into isolation and not just the people who are using, also their families and everybody else who is, you know, involved and who is impacted by that. And my last question for you, what's next for the study and what's next for Cuga County as, as you guys continue through this process? So as a as a result of um, you know the implications that we've seen through COVID and and the, the increased rate of overdoses, um, we've we've started a program to get Narcan, which is a uh, a nasal spray that can potentially reverse the effects of an opioid overdose and save somebody's life. So we have um, found creative ways to distribute Narcan in the community during COVID, where we couldn't really hold live trainings in person. So we um, we created a online platform, uh, kiwacounty.us slash Narcan, where people can watch a training video and then they, they can request free Narcan if they're, you know, if they're um, concerned about somebody overdosing or if they're concerned about themselves. So it's it's really important for any family member or friend or somebody who's around um, somebody with opioid use disorder to have Narcan at hand because it's really easy to use. You can't really do anything wrong, even if that person is not overdosing from opioids. Um, um, and you apply it, it doesn't hurt the person, but it can really save somebody's life. So that's a push that we're doing to um, to get Narcan out to to people to um, to help them in the case of an overdose emergency. And then the the, the latest thing that, that we've been doing is we started a stigma campaign um, with a local person on recovery that's featured on our ads to really address this issue of, you know, what recovery can look like and that it can look different for other people, for different different people. And third, we're also trying to increase the access to different avenues of um, of treatment. And that includes um, medication for opioid use disorder, because it's very hard for people in Keewa County to get into that type of treatment. And so people actually go outside of the county. They go to Syracuse and Ithaca and, 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 and Rochester to receive medications that can help them maintain and, and, and manage um, their lives. And um, so so we wanna, so we wanna make this service or or this medical care available here in the county too. So that's what we're working on uh, right now. We're monitoring the numbers very closely. We're in very close contact with all the agencies that um, that work in the substance use disorder area, um, and 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 we're really you know working really hard to get everybody in the community together to 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 help. 